Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Freeze Frame, the podcast where we give you all the latest in movie and TV news and updates and news on pop culture. We love talking about it here, and we're glad you're listening. My name is Ryder. I'm one of your hosts, and uh, I'm joined by my friend and co-host Luigi. We got a, we got a packed news week. We said it last oh week. Luigi gosh. hyped it up. <laughs> Luigi was saying it's going to be the biggest episode yet, and I mean, I think it is. It's probably going to be the biggest one, but <laughs> before we get started, we want to say uh, we were a little delayed on releasing the podcast because of the Academy Awards. They just happened yesterday, as is the day of shooting this, and uh, some crazy reveals happen. Whether or not you're happy about the uh, the awards, you know, let us know in the comments below, but we appreciate you guys listening on all the audio platforms. Check us out on YouTube. We're on Twitch, TikTok, all the social medias. But Luigi, you can go ahead and get started and uh, let us know what happened at the Academy Awards. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Ryder, for introing that. Um, I'm Luigi, guys. You guys obviously know me. This is episode 15 of Freeze mm-hmm. Frame, which is exciting. 15 weeks in, and we're still having fun reporting the news. <laughs> um, this week, we got some big stuff aside from the Oscars. I just want you guys to know. Big stuff, yep. lots of really cool news that was released, and some speculation. But without further ado, let's get into it. So the Oscars happened last night, and... Let me just tell you, apparently it was really boring. It yeah. was really boring and it wasn't that exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was really exciting was for the first time, um, we had an all black producing team that was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time two actors of Asian descent received the nomination for Best Actor and the first year that two women were nominated for Best Director. Um, and the, re- the winners were revealed uh, and it reflected that inclusion, which was exciting because I feel like the Oscars have had a lot of problems when it comes to um, dealing with race and yeah. just, you know, Oscar's so black or, yep. or Oscar's so white, I mean. Mm-hmm. Remember that when Chris Rock was there a couple years ago. Yep. So let me just get into some of the things that happened at the Oscars. So we had this viral moment with Glenn Close where she was like <laughs> shaking her butt yeah. and everybody was like, oh my gosh, she like kind of lost it. Maybe she drank too much. And oh apparently that moment was scripted and that's kind of sad. That was, it was a little scripted. Wow. Um, let me get into some of the awards of the night. Best Motion Picture of the Year, Nomadland, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, I believe, mm-hmm. who also, yep. she also won uh, Best Director, mm-hmm. uh, which was very exciting. We also had Anthony Hopkins win Best Actor at the Academy Awards, but he didn't even show up. He wasn't even there. People oh. hoped that Chadwick Boseman would have won the award posthumously, mm-hmm. but didn't happen. Luckily, though, Anthony Hopkins this morning was on Instagram Live and basically thanked the Academy for all the way from Wales, uh, oh. which is which is crazy to think wow. about. Yeah. Um, and he actually thanked and honored Chadwick Boseman as well in that oh, little nice. Instagram Live, which was really cool of him to do that. I, I actually really like that. Um, next, next up, we had the winner of the Actress Award was Frances McDormand mm-hmm. um, for Nomadland and Black... Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah won Best Performance uh, in a Supporting Role. Daniel Kaluuya with, I believe, where is she at? Where is she at? Yu Jung Yeon or Yu Jung Yu. I heard her name mm-hmm. earlier today. I, yeah, I yeah. messed it up the first time. Every, uh-huh. she, she came out and she was just like, everybody says my name wrong, but tonight oh, you guys yeah. are forgiven. It was yeah. so cute. She won mm-hmm. for Minari. Remember I mm-hmm. talked about her last week? Um, I thought that was so exciting. We had some really cool stuff uh, in, the, in the little effects department. Tenet won. Uh, nice. For best achievement in visual effects, Sound of Metal won for best editing. Uh, we had Soul win for animation, which no surprise of course, there. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. I, honestly, my favorite moment was just Daniel Kaluuya coming out and talking about how his parents had sex and he was oh, able yeah. to be alive and how yeah. he th- thankful he was for that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so funny. Just overall, it seemed very like 
like okay there wasn't anything mm-hmm. like that was really like over the top or anything like the academy awards are usually like a celebration of film and we we hardly saw any like moments of the films apparently um oh, i was yeah. reading the new york post's review of it and they were like people were bored and and yeah. pretty much like it was just it was like a rushed, boring festival like, it felt rushed yeah no hosts they just had a, a roulette wheel of people kind of mm-hmm. go up and host but there was no sketches there was no like little commentary or like There's nothing little, yeah. you know jokes <laughs> it just felt really like boring and kind of like bland which sucks because it's yeah. supposed to be like the biggest ceremony in the world mm-hmm. um for as far as film or at least in the united states as far yeah. as film goes but that was pretty much it you know wrapping up i just want to talk about netflix won the night taking home seven trophies two for may rainey's uh ma rainey's black bottom two for mank and then individual awards for best live action short best animated short and best documentary feature disney had the second largest haul with five including three wins for nomadland and two for soul so you know streaming coming in hot yeah but moving away from the oscars and now talking about something cool that happened we had the first trailer for shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings dropped this week i thought that was kind of cool yeah yeah. we did a we did a little bit of a TikTok there uh this week when we talked about the trailer but breaking it down breaking it down what were your what were your overall thoughts on this i i I know that you personally did the TikTok, so i'm curious to know what you thought (laughs) yeah it was it was interesting to kind of explore this trailer and i feel like finally we get some more representation in marvel i feel like a lot of people were happy about it but they were also like mad and i can tell that there's of course there's hate when it comes to you know change in marvel or any movie you know so that's something to kind of be prepared with but i think like you have here, lots of fun lore. There's going to be a lot of cool things to explore with the Mandarin and the Ten Rings. And hopefully we'll get more into that mystical magic uh, level. And uh, I said this too as watching the trailer. I feel like somehow it's going to connect to Tony Stark. Because it always does in these movies. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to have a gripe with him. But I mean, it seems so different. And I'm ready for that. And I think it's going to be great. You know, what about yeah. you? What do you think? Um, I'm excited for the the villains. You know, we got the look mm-hmm. at the the real Mandarin. I think that uh trevor slater was the other one right the fake yeah. one <laughs> I, think, I believe he's gonna actor, be yeah. yeah i believe he's gonna be in this too maybe a cameo or maybe yeah, we'll true. see him in prison in the mandarin's prison that would be crazy yeah, you know yeah um but i i i think it looks like a good movie sadly mm-hmm. it wasn't actually received well in china i heard which is interesting because oh, yeah. i know that was supposed to be like the big push the for you know hey let's make them you know make a movie mm-hmm. based on them and um it wasn't received quite as well as disney wanted so it's unfortunate, but you know what? What? What is your first uh, headline for the week? Well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just wrapped up, and we have a reaction on that show, and uh, we'll be getting a review as well on that. But uh, we'll talk about that. But they announced recently, after the show had such such success, Captain America Four is in the works from the showrunner Malcolm Spellman. Now we can get into this. This is the head writer and creator of the Disney Plus and Marvel's uh, Far- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier of Falcon. Uh, they're developing a fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. So this is a whole movie that's going to go in the theaters. Now, Spellman will co-write the script with uh, Dalen Musson, which, which is a staff writer on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, I mean, this is huge. The guy gets his own movie now, and it's going to be separate from Chris Evans. Because I know right. you know more about the Chris Evans. I think the Chris Evans is going to be a part of Marvel speculated, but it's going to be right. separated. But, uh, I mean, what do you think about this? Captain America 4, what's happening, man? I think Tom Holland is eating his words right now oh. after saying uh, Anthony Mackie wouldn't, doesn't have a movie. So now Anthony Mackie does have mm-hmm. a movie. Uh, I think that's so funny to me. Um, personally, I am so hyped for this. I think yeah. I, I, we're going to get into a little bit of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Captain America. Um, I, I think it's... 
I, I want to give you guys a quick, like, two-minute. I don't want to waste too much time on it because, obviously, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people probably haven't finished the show, and I don't want you guys to sit too much on it. So if you if you haven't, you know, fast forward, like, two minutes. But I just want to talk about it real fast and say, like, the setups at the end of this movie were a lot of more exciting, I think, um, for the future mm -hmm. of the MCU. Personally, I thought mm -hmm. the ending was kind of, like, it was good, but it wasn't, like, Marvel Endgame, you know, level, which, yeah. by, yeah. by the way today is actually two years to the uh, date yeah. of when endgame came out which mm -hmm. i think is so cool to record a the podcast 26th. episode yeah <laughs> so, so you know two years ago endgame came out it broke worldwide uh box office records which was so exciting mm -hmm. um but going back to anthony mackie and captain america i think he's gonna be probably that start to that next you know big phase of whatever the big bad is like i'm excited to see mm -hmm. him fight with oh, like I the know. rest of the yeah. avengers and him in the suit with Being bucky and maybe maybe wanda and maybe dr strange like i just want to see another big mash you know like mashup movie where all mm -hmm. of the heroes and i think that's kind of what we're going to get once disney plus finishes all their shows probably in secret invasion we'll see everybody yeah, kind of come in one, yep. and i do have some secret invasion news here mm -hmm. um but let me hold off on that for now um, and actually go into something that I read about this week, which is Mad Max Fur Furiosa. It is a prequel oh to Mad goodness. Max Fury Road. It's going to be mm -hmm. shooting in Australia. Let me read you guys the articles here. It says, the Furiosa prequel will return Mad Max to Australia, the country that birthed the franchise. At a press <laughs> conference for the movie New South Wales premiere, Gladys Berechil, butchered that, uh, <laughs> yeah, stated that the new long, film... Yeah would be the, the largest film ever to be filmed in the state, boasting the, its economy by 350 million and creating 850 new jobs. The film chose to go to New South Wales after being wooed by both state and federal incentives, including a 40% tax break. That's crazy. Wow. Go Australia. Australian yeah. director George Miller filmed the first three Mad Max movies in his home country, starring Australian actor Mel Gibson. Mad Max Fury Road yeah. filmed in Na Namibia after a long delay due to unusual raininess in the Australian desert. Now Miller is releasing the franchise back home to shoot for the next film's 2023 release date. Chris Hemsworth is in this movie, and so is wow. Anya Taylor-Joy, mm -hmm. who is actually going to be Charlize Theron in a yeah. younger uh -huh. version, which she is uh, Furiosa, which is the mm -hmm. character. Yeah. Um, I think Anya Joy Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy is like a great casting for this. Yeah, I think yeah. I could totally see her being like an older, yeah, you know, like Charlize Theron playing yeah. her as an older version. Being bald, so sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's gonna be sick. Um, they're saying that basically, you know, they're gonna try to make this film a movie where it's not necessarily like, like yes, the movies are connected, but they want to make it almost like a standalone. So it's like if you're new to okay. the franchise, you can come in and kind of learn the history a little bit and the okay, story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that this movie is going to take place in a couple of years. Like the, the story oh, takes place okay. in a couple of years, whereas Mad Max Fury Road only took a couple of days to yeah. kind of see the whole story play out. And I think that that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy basically saying comes out and saying that she's so excited that she wants to kind of like you know, do right by Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so exciting. She's saying the level of commitment that has been shown before, I endeavor to match that. And that makes me really excited. I fell in love with Furiosa, that, that, the way that Charlize presented her. She did such an incredible job and it was so beautiful. And I can't even think about trying to step into her shoes. It has to be something different because it just can't be done. I've yeah. already started dreaming about her. She's coming in pretty strong. So that's kind of cool. Wow. It's it's coming out June 23rd, 2023. So we got a long way until this movie yeah. comes out. But <laughs> Still exciting, right? The last one got six Academy Awards and a nomination for Best Picture, making wow. $375 million worldwide. So, yeah, it was pretty much a success. Eight years later, we're getting this next one. That's kind of crazy, Huge, right, to think yeah. about? 
so long. It's crazy how fast time flies. But it's it's surprising to me, like films like that get such high Oscar praise. Like I didn't, I mean, it's an action film, but man, it's a feat to, in film yeah. history. You know what I mean? Because of how they made it. But pretty cool. Absolutely. I can get one more in here because I know you got a little bit less than me this week. Um, the <laughs> second season of David Fincher and Tim Miller's Love, Death and Robots drops May 14th. Season three is already in oh, development yes. for 2022. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Love, Death and Robots, I already have a recommendation for this week. But if you want a plus, oh. an extra, a bonus recommendation, Love, Death Let's and see. Robots Volume <laughs> 1. It is just the perfect anthology that explores sci-fi, right. uh, animation, just different styles, lots of directors, lots of different people involved, a lot of creative teams. Super cool. I'm excited for the second volume that's coming out. Personally, one of my favorite, like as far as like things that Netflix has actually approved mm-hmm. and created, probably one of the best. So definitely okay, check it nice. out if you haven't. Definitely check I'll, it out. I'll go look at it then because I haven't seen it yet. So. You haven't seen? Oh my gosh, bro. You're going <laughs> to... They're they're so good and they're so different. Like Mm -hmm. each one is like you immerse yourself in a completely different world, a different story. Mm -hmm. And it always has such good twists and good animation and just good story and character development. You're going to love it. Um, Well, speaking of Netflix, I got some quick little news from Netflix. The COO, the CCO actually confirms returning shows and films. So this is exciting for me, at least. Uh, The Witcher season two is coming in Q4 of this year. So toward the later half winter season, Cobra Kai season four is finally coming back. You, season three, we've talked about that one a lot on the show. Red Notice, which is, uh, I think, a huge, huge film with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and Gal Gadot. I think that's the, like a giant, huge budget film. Escape from Spiderhead, which I think is with Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, right? And then uh, <laughs> Sex Education, season three, will, of yes. course, arrive second half this year. And then Masters of None, season three, with the... Uh, oh, man, I was going to say Riz Ahmed. That's not his name. Uh, Aziz. No, from uh, Aziz Ansari. That's fine. Aziz, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's coming to Netflix next month. So that one's the closest one here. But, um, yeah, a lot. Of that's that's really it. A little quick announcements for Netflix and their huge, big-budget shows and movies. Yeah, absolutely. And, actually, I have, I have two news mm-hmm. stories that kind of connect with what you're talking about. You, season three, finished filming and apparently is okay. bonkers bonkers revealed by the creator sarah gamble i think that's kind of cool that the creator of the show is like this shit's gonna get crazy you know (laughs) um just be ready um Mm -hmm. but also i want to talk here i want to talk about uh masters of none season three is coming in Mm -hmm. may if you haven't seen the show watch it but i want to give you once again spoilers fast forward 30 Mm -hmm. seconds just a quick read through of what happened in season two at the end four years Mm -hmm. later so we're picking up four years later after the last season um Mm -hmm. We're finally getting a chance to check back in with Dev. If you need a quick catch-up, the end of Season 2 saw Dev and Francesca on the verge of breaking up after a row and her discarded her discarding her engagement ring. So it kind of left on a what-if, like, yeah, oh, is it? Okay. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Will they? Won't they? Um, I'm excited to see Season 3. Aziz had said previously that he didn't want to come back to Season 3 until something, like, big happened in his life, whether mm-hmm. that was getting married or, you know, having a kid, because he couldn't really... Like, he was like, you know, I have this young up-and-coming person who's kind of young. How do you kind of, like, add to their life without having experienced monumental moments in your own life? And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's kind of cool that he waited. But I know he also had all that controversy that came out and all that stuff that happened. So Mm -hmm. kind of it was kind of a mixture of all that. But excited for Master of None Season 3. That is one of my absolute, like, favorite shows when it comes to writing and just comedy, man. Like, super funny. Aziz and Lena Waithe just, like powerhouse right there powerhouse wow, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. um i want to talk t- to you about a movie that's coming out soon i don't have a date for it but i saw a trailer that dropped this week for annette you like adam driver okay. you like adam yes, driver right of course I, of course Absolutely. right 
So I have a <laughs> right. I have Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annette is an upcoming musical oh. directed by Leos Carax. The film tells the story of a pro- provocative stand-up comedian, Adam Driver, and his wife, a world-famous soprano. Uh, their glamorous life takes an unexpected turn where their daughter, Annette, is born a girl with a unique gift. Now, I watched the trailer, and it didn't really show you what the unique gift is, so I think they want to like bring you in a keep little that, bit yeah. with that. Kind of keep that like a secret. A- it looks like a French film, I believe. I think I don't know if the director is French, but I, I feel like it was like a French-made film, and it's just it is. It, so it, so right? it's so it's releasing in France first. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay. And I believe the the release date is like July twenty second. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's like coming out in July something. Let me let okay. me look this up as you as you tell us the next one. July twenty second. Yeah, yeah. You want to? No, July sixth. July sixth. So July. Okay. Um. Yeah, kind of cool. I'm. I'm interested. I watched mm-hmm. the trailer. It looked interesting. I don't know if I'll necessarily be at the top of my list, but you know, Adam Driver. Gotta love the guy. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, I'll continue back to Netflix. There were some new reveals of Ewan McGregor, and this guy. It's crazy. I didn't think of him more of as, as a TV actor, but he's 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 gambling in both worlds. You know, he's in films and he's in TV. And now there's a new Netflix show coming called Halston which is about the iconic 70s fashion designer, Halston, which is still prominent today. I looked up Halston and I was like, wow, his fashion is still very, very popular today. So it's a Ryan Murphy miniseries, which is coming May 14th. So there were some first looks at Ewan McGregor in a costume, you know, in his look, and he had a cigarette, and he looked just like the iconic fashion designer. I had to look up what this guy looked like to see. And yeah, it's uncanny how they get the, the casting is great. It looks great. But uh, let me give you a little background. Roy Halston for Rick, known mononymously as Halston, was an American fashion designer who rose to international fame in the 1970s. So, of course, a little biopic, you know. Of course, Netflix is good with those. And, right. uh, yeah, I'm sure Ewan McGregor's going to throw it out of the park. But nice little Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Between that and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think he's pretty much set for the re- for the year. <laughs> yep. um, I mean, that man is so rich from just royalties from playing yeah, obi-wan so it's yeah. like he doesn't even need to do anything anymore he was in fargo um, as well i've been you know i've been watching fargo on fx and he was he played two roles he played twin brothers which is pretty interesting but he was great in that one too and i'm like man this guy's great on tv kind of kind of yeah of course he's great um similar to somebody else who's great steven spielberg also oh. great been in yeah. it too long been in it forever <laughs> if anything and forever um so he, back in the day, I want to say this, this was like two years ago, he had announced that there was a Blackhawks movie that he was going to be working on for DC. This is actually the first time Steven Spielberg has tapped into making a superhero movie. The last movie he made was Ready Player One, which grossed $476 million worldwide at the box office in its first month. Think about that. That's pretty awesome. Um, but he's going to be doing this Blackhawk movie, which let me read you a little bit about who the Blackhawks are. He said... It says here, the Blackhawks were first introduced in 1941 by Quality Comics before the property was acquired by DC Comics in 1957. In the comics, Blackhawk was the leader of the Blackhawk Squadron, an elite group of pilots that fought in World War II. So wow. I feel like this is going to be similar to like a war film. Um, and that's probably mm-hmm. why Steven Spielberg was like, I'll do that. That sounds like something more up my alley instead of doing something where it's like superhero landing and like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. You all know what I'm talking iconic about? Stuff, yeah. Yeah, it exactly. feels more like uh, I guess Watchmen kind of because Watchmen has kind of that noir feel to it. You know, it's not of Absolutely. course as 40s or 50s feel, but I can see this being more com- having that noir style 40s, you know, classic superhero, but not being as modern day where, like you said, it's superhero landing and real cheesy. You know, it's more like yeah, 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 classic. That's and Spielberg behind. You. Speaking of Spielberg, I don't know if you guys have seen. You know, I post the Oscars going on during the show. A new trailer for West Side Story. 
release. I don't oh. know if you better see it. It. I mean, I this looks amazing. I feel like it's shot on film, of course, and it looks more like I want to say anamorphic. Of course, I don't know. But for those of you that seen La La Land, it looks kind of like the style of you know classic Hollywood. But man, West Side Story is the classic tale in the 40s, the 50s. Sorry, the 50s about the sharks versus the jets. The trailer looks amazing. I definitely recommend it. It looks great. Spielberg is directing that one, and it's gonna be coming out this December. Oh, sick! Wow. That's mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, um, crazy. yeah, I I didn't I knew it was coming, but I, I didn't know when. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the trailer either, but. I follow one. I follow the girl who plays like the love interest mm -hmm. on Twitter. Rachel, Rachel Zegler, I think her name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel yeah. Zegler or Ziegler. Ansel Elgort is gonna be the main lead, and he's he's great. What? He gets to sing. Yeah, Baby Driver himself. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> that's gonna be fun. Yeah. That that's gonna be really interesting. Mm -hmm. And speaking of interesting movies, we got some more news from Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. It officially Ooh. has started filming with a cast of Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this movie because there's there's a huge synopsis that I found. Okay. And it's, it's going to be a bit of a read, but stay with me because personally, I thought it was super interesting. Um, so it says here, in the 1920s, the richest people per capita in the world were members of the Osage Indian Nation in Oklahoma. Think about that. The Indians were in the 1920s were the richest. After oil was discovered beneath their land, they rode in chauffeured automobiles, built mansions and sent their children to study in Europe. Boom! Have your mind blown. Have your mind blown. Because I, I didn't know that either until I read this. And then it says, then one by one, the Osage began to be killed off. The family of an Osage woman, Molly Bookhart, became a prime target. Her relatives were shot and poisoned. And it was just the beginning as more and more members of the tribe began to die under mysterious circumstances. In the last remnant of the Wild West, where oil men like J.P. Getty made their fortunes and where desperados like Al Spencer, the Phantom Terror, roamed, many of those who dared to investigate the killings were themselves murdered. That's crazy, right? Imagine going to investigate and then you're killed. Yeah. As the death toll climbed to more than 24, the FBI took up the case. It was one of the organization's first major homicide investigations, and the Bureau badly bungled the case. In desperation, the young director, J. Edgar Hoover, turned to a former Texas Ranger named Tom White to unravel the mystery. White put together an undercover team, including one of the only American Indian agents in the Bureau. That was also kind of cool when I read that. Yeah. I was like, wow, they had a Native American literally go and infiltrate their camp to see what was going That's on. Um, and, and it says the agents infiltrated the region, struggling to adopt the latest techniques of detection. T together with the Osage, they began to expose one of the most chilling conspiracies in American history. In Killers of the Flower Moon, David Grant revisits a shocking series of crimes in which dozens of people were murdered in cold blood based on years of research and startling new evidence. The book is a masterpiece of narrative nonfiction as each step in the investigation reveals a series of sinister secrets and reversals. But more than that, it is a searing indictment of the colossus and prejudice toward American Indians that allowed the murderers to operate with impunity for so long. Killers of the Flower Moon is utterly compelling, but also emotionally devastating. And I'm, wow. I'm I, I want to say after reading that, I was like, this movie's gonna hit so fucking hard that like it's coming to Apple TV. Martin Scorsese's doing it, right? Oh, Apple TV, Scorsese, no. Scorsese said that literally after he read the whole book, he was like, I'm gonna make this movie because it was that compelling. So wow. it's just. It's yeah. just absolutely crazy to think about. It came out in 2017. The The book did Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. And it was his third nonfiction book for David Grant. And it became a top 10 nonfiction uh, seller in 2017. So that's wow. that's pretty exciting. I'm, I actually after reading the synopsis, I was like, man, I kind of want to read this book because I know, like right? I, I had no it. idea that this stuff happened. I had no idea. I didn't even know that Native Americans were like 
rich, you know, like this, yeah, this, this no tribe, idea. they just happen to land upon oil. But it just shows you like how people in America just stories. didn't want anybody to win. You know, they didn't mm -hmm. want anybody else to win, which is so sad that they murdered these people in cold blood just because mm -hmm. they had they were starting to have some success instead of like playing the, the yeah. natural game where it's like, hey, you found oil. Congrats. You got mm -hmm. lucky. Hey, you got oil. Congrats. You got lucky. But instead, yeah. it was the opposite. And I just think uh -huh. that it's super interesting. Wanted to read about that. If you guys personally like that story and like the synopsis. Leave a comment. What are your yeah. thoughts on that movie? Did you know about the the murders of these uh, Native <laughs> right. Americans who were also mega rich? Like, I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know what other people are thinking after listening to that. So, I can right, see writer. Scorsese. I can see you making like a giant four hour epic on this, but it's unfortunate yeah. that it's coming to Apple TV Plus. Like, the guy's over here against streaming services. Yet, it, well, at least he's against theme park films, and then he's working for Netflix, Apple TV Plus. Like. What happened in the movie theater? I hope there's well, a joint, a joint well, release for the theaters. Well, well take into account, this movie's probably going to be high budget and super expensive. So it's like yeah. the studios probably don't want to go for it, you know, because also real, they're yeah. probably like, oh, this movie kind of seems like it's going to, it might be controversial. So mm -hmm. maybe more people won't watch it. So it's oh. kind of like, it's a gamble, you know, it's a yeah. gamble. So Apple mm -hmm. TV is going, well, we need more shows. And it looks like Apple TV plus is actually trying to like kind of, mold themselves in where hbo was because hbo now yeah, that it became hbo films. max kind of hasn't been like pushing like the very kind of like dark and like super gritty narratives that they usually did like back yeah. in the day because they were yeah. always known for putting these like big action set pieces mm -hmm. and like big worlds that they were creating interesting stories and it kind of feels like now that they're a big streaming service you know it feels like at&t is kind of like no let's kind of move away from that and kind of make it more like friendlier and like stories for everybody that everybody mm -hmm. can watch because i get it they're trying to boost their numbers but it's just interesting because apple tv plus is moving in with yeah. movies like this i'm, I'm yeah. interested i'm excited to see where they take this and i'm excited to see where this goes when it does come out oh absolutely and then netflix too i know is doing a movie with leonardo DiCaprio and uh jennifer, jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence right and it's about like, yeah. like a pandemic film or something like that and that's going to be their big one no, Dude, it's it's out, it's right? about we've already talked about it, but it's about this asteroid that's gonna hit, and they're the oh, media okay, people okay. or they're the scientists that they're have doctors. to go. Yeah, yeah. They go that's around right. in a media tour trying to warn the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I got that's some right. other news here. The live action Fairy Odd Parents has begun mm -hmm. filming, or sorry, will begin filming in late June. It says here, Butch Hartman, the creator of the original animated Fairy Odd Parents cartoon, as well as the iconic Danny Phantom, will executive produce this mm -hmm. reboot alongside Fred Seibert. Seibert is known as a famous entrepreneur mm -hmm. in TV animation, starting his career on SpongeBob SquarePants and Dexter's Laboratory, and then going on to executive produce the entire original Fairly Odd Parents, as mm -hmm. well as Cartoon Network's Adventure Time and Netflix Castlevania. Nickelodeon veteran Christopher J. Novak has been hired as the showrunner for the reboot. His credits include writing and producing various episodes of Victorious, Sam and Cat, Henry Danger, and Danger Force. Now, let me stop you here before I go into the synopsis a little bit of what this show is going to be about. I think that this pick for producers and showrunners for this show is absolutely key. And I think that Nickelodeon did a great job in picking these people. Like, you have mm -hmm. people who've done the shows that were successful in Nickelodeon, like the live-action teenage shows, which I feel like Fairly Odd Parents live-action is kind of falling into that. But then mm -hmm. you also have somebody who was so good at all these big major animation shows, like Fairly Odd Parents, like Adventure Time, like Castlevania, Dexter's Laboratory, and SpongeBob. And Butch Hartman just coming back, the original creator, I think is key as well. So I personally... I'm a little excited, but at the same time, I'm like, this could also be the weirdest fucking show you've ever seen in your life, you know? Um, if you ever watch those Drake yeah. Bell live action versions, I mean. Oh, I remember that. Classic times, man. I remember last night thinking like, is this, and then the type of animation that they did for the fairies too seems a little off. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, this is kind of, this is strange, well, but. 
We'll see if they bring that back. But let me let me talk to you about this. It says here, the uh, although this new iteration is expected to follow the same general plot as the original animated show, still being said in the iconic Dimsdale location, for instance, it is still expected to spice up the lore by adding new characters while also changing the origins of existing ones in order to keep the series fresh for both new and older audiences. It is currently unknown as to how much this reboot will deviate from the beloved Fairly Odd Parents everyone has come to know, or if the creators will even acknowledge the previous live-action films that starred Drake Bell's Timmy Turner. Now, I just want to bring this up to you right i just want to i want to hear your thoughts (laughs) okay but what if what if we get a a a multiverse theory with the fairly odd parents you know what i'm saying oh shoot okay we got a drake bell we got a drake bell universe and now we got this new universe with a new person and then the animated universe you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and then then they include jimmy neutron like they did remember that crossover Dude, that was that was good times, man. When, when oh, they changed man. the animation styles, and it was like Whoa, the Jimmy Timmy want. Power Hour. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I watched those when I was a kid for sure. Oh, that's um, so good. So, so it's fun. saying here that um, the reboot is going to probably premiere on Paramount Plus sometime in 2022 okay. since production is starting mm-hmm. this year. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, interesting. Yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date on that when it comes. More awesome news comes for sure. Out. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, continuing on, we got some uh, some more Marvel news. Disney and Sony finally have a deal now. We've talked about the Spider-Man Ooh. movies and where they're going to Netflix or Disney+. Plus, But now there's a multi-year deal that will bring Spider-Man and other Marvel properties to Disney+, Plus from 2022 to 2026. So this is basically the, the caveat is after Sony titles, the titles expire on Netflix, then they will go to Disney+, Plus and Hulu. They finally came to a deal there. Hulu will start getting access to Sony movies as early as June. So you're going to be seeing them all coming soon. Because, of course, Hulu and Disney Plus are have a deal together as well as ESPN. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be seeing, you know, Spider-Mans and Uncharted and Morbius coming to Disney Plus, unfortunately, a long time after. But it's coming. It's happening. Absolutely. And I just want to go out and say, how dare you, Disney? How dare you wait a week, (laughs) two weeks, actually, since we reported this? We reported this and said that the movies were going to it Netflix. <laughs> no, but, but um, then you switch it, it up on it. It was so weird. It was so weird because now it's Brand like they're going. They're, they are going to Netflix for like nine months, and then after that they go to the Disney Plus All for like delayed. four years. It's like what the yeah. super weird. But they're also getting like the old Sony movies, like the MCU Spider Man One, Two, and Three, yeah. Sam mm-hmm. Raimi's Spider Man trilogy, the Amazing Spider Man movies, mm-hmm. Into the Spider Verse One and Two, Venom One and Two, Ghost Rider. And like you said, Morbius. So we're getting a lot of these Spider-Man films and like kind of MCU projects coming in, coming back to the MCU. And I, I personally think it's exciting. I can talk about this right now since we're already on the topic of it. Okay. But apparently Marvel wants Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to stick around after No Way Home. And I think that that's kind of interesting because <laughs> well, I'm just like... We switch it up every time. We're like, based on the news, they report. They're like, oh, I don't know. Tobey Maguire wants to stay, but he's actually out. And then next week we're always like... Well, it turns out he's well, he wants no, because because <laughs> you know last I mean? last like week we were talking well, last week we were yeah. talking about Tobey Maguire maybe getting a Spider Man four, right? Yeah. So yeah. We- personally, I see this as more of like pushing that idea that either they <laughs> are going to make that Spider Man four or yeah. that they're just going to go and just continue their franchises or bring them back into the yeah. Sony verse, right? Because. Mm-hmm. I think what they're probably going to do here is it's they're going to be dependent on whether the actors themselves want to do it. Like we were saying, like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, yeah. even if they want to come back to the roles, because I feel like they're probably like, hey, look, I'll do this movie as a one off because I think it fits your narrative and your theory. Yeah, but yeah. I don't necessarily want to be Spider-Man anymore or exactly. who knows. You know, I, I, could, I couldn't be the one to tell you, but I Maybe. thought it was interesting that they're saying that they might stick around. But I don't know if they'll be in the MCU or just in the Sony verse, like I'm saying, because if they do come back to the MCU in a larger way, it'll be tons of contract mm-hmm. and like 
paperwork that has to be filled out just be, yeah. to see who, who gets what and like how much they mm -hmm. can use the property or you know what I'm saying? How much they can expand yeah. the universes. Because once again, Sony has those film rights. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting the way, to see how that's going to play a, a out. Cool, a cool thing that people were pointing out though for more confirmation multiverse, you know, we know it's like, oh, it's happening. But if you need more confirmation because of the Disney Plus deal, and now that they're like, okay, we will release on Disney Plus, it wasn't completely restricted now from Disney. So maybe there is more like, okay, we could be seeing Spider-Man's like, you know, the multiverse of, of Tobey Maguire and Andrew going into this No Way Home because right. they're going to release it to Disney Plus after. So, you know, well, like, it could be happening. It could well, more... people, people are saying now, it's like, dude, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire being in this movie is like the most unkept secret in Hollywood. Like, yeah. everybody knows. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. already aware that they're in the mm -hmm. movie. Like, they're going to enter into the movie in Act 2, which I think is great because mm -hmm. then hopefully they stay there for like the, you know, two-thirds of the movie, yeah. Act 2 mm -hmm. and 3. But I, I like, I we've talked about this. We speculated a little bit. Um, but I think what's probably going to end up happening is that beginning is just going to be Peter trying to prove that he's not Spider-Man, which they're mm -hmm. saying that, you know, Charlie Cox is going to have that, that yeah. cameo in there, but also that he's going to be kind of like saying, oh, no, there is another Spider-Man, which we might get like a Miles Morales character playing with mm -hmm. the original Spider-Man suit that Tom Holland has while Tom Holland is in the trial to prove oh, that he's oh, not yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. Which I think would be a really fun that way is, to bring Miles yeah. into the to the universe, you know, or somebody, yeah, you know, I don't know, way, I yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think I I keep saying it every week, but my hype only grows for Spider Man No Way Home, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's never gonna stop dying down like that. I probably will watch that movie, like I said before, three times or four times in the theater. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Just just because I think it's gonna be so freaking amazing that I'm huh. just like I I can only watch it so many times in in theaters before it goes away. You might as yeah. well take advantage mm -hmm. of it. So. Here I want to I want to pivot for a second. I, I I will talk about Disney Plus before I, actually before I pivot to, okay. to DC. But a Firefly reboot. You remember the old show oh, Firefly yeah. had one With season. Nathan Fillion. Nathan <laughs> Fillion had a movie that came out afterwards. Um, apparently they're having a reboot at Disney Plus. They're gonna reboot it, and it says here it'll be a streaming exclusive. And unsurprisingly, Josh Whedon will not be involved. Nice. Um, Josh Whedon was the creator of the original Flyer, mm -hmm. Firefly, but he's not going to be involved. Um, but I'm sure they'll give him some sort of like creator credit or executive yeah, producer because yeah. obviously he created the IP. But it's no mm -hmm. surprise that Disney wouldn't want to collaborate with him following the workplace harassment scandal that previously saw him lose his position as showrunner on HBO's Max's The Nevers, which is so interesting. I didn't oh, know he was the showrunner for whoa. that. Because that, yeah. remember what we were saying? Like that was yeah. the biggest premiere that Release. HBO Max had. Yeah. So it's like mm -hmm. to hear that. Josh Whedon was involved with that, and then he came out because of this stuff. It's just crazy to think about. But they're saying that the Firefly reboot is not going to have anything to do with what actually took place before. So it's a complete reboot of mm -hmm. the franchise. Um, and I'm just I'm interested to see where, where they take that and, and see how they do that. I haven't watched Firefly. I own the whole season in a DVD copy oh. that someone gave to me that includes the okay. movie. But I've never taken the time to watch it because yeah. I'm just not. There's too many it's other shows. Yeah, I know. Too much yeah, other shows, you know? The old stuff is old and you, there's no way you can go back to it with all, unless there's like a break with the new content. That ain't happening anytime soon. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to I wanna just pivot here real quick to Ben Affleck and DC. So oh. Ben Affleck has now come back. It's funny because, guys, obviously we try to report the news that comes out during the week. But weeks ahead, that. you know, weeks later, stories change new things happen yeah. we never know for example we've been reporting this like the last couple of weeks michael keaton whether he's going to come back as batman it's officially <laughs> yeah. been confirmed he's gonna be in the flash as the older bruce wayne 
as the you know the mm -hmm. the Batman, and then he's gonna go on to be the mentor for Terry McGinnis. And I think that that's great that they finally confirmed that because I was like too much speculating. Mm -hmm. Michael, come on, get to it. Let us know what's gonna happen. Um, but I want to say here, so the Flash was confirmed by the representatives. You know that everything's lining up. That they did have Christian Bale, but now they're saying that. There have been tales of Robert Pattinson having discontent with him playing Batman on the set. Yeah. Which I'm like, whoa, Robert Pattinson's having problems now? Like, mm -hmm. playing Batman is just one of those, the, probably the hardest roles in Hollywood, in my opinion. Batman yeah. and the Joker, I think, are just so, so iconic that it's like, you don't want to fuck mm -hmm. it up because then you get a Jared Leto, you know, Jared yeah. Leto kind of treatment where people were just shitting on him for like ever, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. which, which, in my opinion, I think Snyder kind of redeemed him and I think people see him in a better way. Um, but I know for a fact that nobody wants that treatment. So now we're getting the latest addition to the perpetual whirlwind of Scuttlebutt offers that the two-time Academy Award winner has two conditions. Ben Affleck has two conditions for returning for The Flash. And he says that he needs a truckload of money, of cash, he said, which oh obvious, God. right? He's, he's an actor. Yeah. Um, and the restoration of the Snyderverse. So <gasps> he's saying, what? I will come back only if you restore the Snyderverse and you pay me a lot of money. No way. And I'm I, I'm kind of like blown away from that because at the same time we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I was gonna uh -huh. bring this up a little later, but I might as well bring it up now. After watching the Snyder cut in one sitting, so he watched it all for all the four hours in one uh -huh. sitting, he texted his team and said, Um, here it says, We need Henry in our movie, talking about Henry Cavill, trying to bring yeah. Henry Cavill into Black Adam. And he said, we need the Snyderverse. He texted that to his team. Whoa. And I'm just like, whoa. And that, and I read this article that said Johnson is known to have creative control on the Black Adam franchise thanks oh. to his role as producer on the film and his enormous okay. stature in Hollywood overall, right? Because The yeah. Rock brings in the this numbers. the biggest, yeah. But it's been claimed that he can overrule Warner Brothers executives on, a cert on certain things as AT&T doesn't want to upset him. And I thought, I was like, wow. What? I know we talked about it last no week, way. but more news kind of came out this week and I just wanted to touch on that because I was like, whoa, man. The Rock really Insane. does have a lot of power when it comes to DC. Like, I, yeah, I didn't know it was like nuts. that, you know? Like, at and is like, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. That's you know? his franchise now. Like, he he has creative control. And so I'm glad that, like, actors like him and Ben Affleck are so for this Snyderverse because they see the potential of how great it can be and the fans want it. And it's just the Warner Brothers execs that are only, they're the only ones standing in the way of that. And I Absolutely. Think we could see potential this Snyderverse. If, they, if they're really desperate for Ben Affleck, if they want this to work, then they're going to have to want the Snyderverse to work. And we could be seeing four to five years from now, the Justice League movie, the sequel that we all desire. Right, is, right. We might see that. so cool. I, I think I think if Henry Cavill comes back um, mm. and like Dwayne The Rock Johnson convinces him to be in Black Adam, I think it'll be easier to convince Ben Affleck at that point. Yeah. And then just like bring in everybody else, you know, because yeah. it's just like... It's once you get everybody's already them. there you know yeah. yep. <laughs> exactly once you get the two of them you pretty much because i think uh jason momoa is still on uh, wonder yeah. woman is still on uh, uh, the flash you know the rest of, i think the only one that's not in the franchise anymore is cyborg so maybe they bring back ray fisher which yeah. would be cool because i know he's been going through it little but yeah. speaking <laughs> of dc i want to talk about this dave bautista had a meeting with warner brothers to tell the studio he he's going to play bane he was like <laughs> came in i will be bane. i'm gonna play bane and i'm just like do it Snyder came out and said, I actually had other plans for you, Batista, but didn't reveal what they were. So I'm just like, oh, bruh, don't don't tease me like that. Telling me yeah. what you had other plans for him and then don't tell me what you had planned. Come on, man. Yeah. But yeah. kind of interesting. I wonder if he'll play Bane. I, I think I'd, it'd be a great role because he's good at playing a big. You know what I mean? And, and, right. and I feel like he has that 
I don't want to say the character of, of Bane, but yeah, Bane has always been kind of a dumb character, it seems like, and I feel like he can add some sophistication to it, you know? I mean, I mean, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's dumb. I'd say there's definitely been several iterations of the character where some have where been dumb. Them, yeah. Um, like in the Harley Quinn TV show where yeah, they kind yeah. of play and him a little soft and kind of like games, gets bullied yeah, on by the rest of the villains, <laughs> yeah. which is so fucking hilarious when you watch oh. that show. Um, Bane is really one of the all-star characters in that. Um, but yeah, I, th I think um, I think Dave Batista playing this would be fun. I don't know in what capacity or what, what movie they, they would put him in. Yeah. Uh, maybe a sequel to The Batman, but who knows? Mm -hmm. um, and, and speaking of villains, we have news from Thor, Love and Thunder. We had the set photos revealed. Christian Bale's villainous new look. He's just oh, bald. Yes. He's just bald, people. He's It, it wasn't that crazy. He just yeah, shaved his head. He looks more like know? the comic character. They were showing kind of the reveal of of Gore the God Hunter. Oh, no, it's like Gore. What's his name? Bor the, the God Killer. I'm not too familiar with the character, but they showed... Bro, the bro, you're I the Marvel guy, man. You're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> Come on, man. Up. This is like deep lore of Thor with like... Right. Uh, I believe it. The, the goat, the, the Billy Goat or stuff like that. Oh, man. I'm, I'm I don't know, dude. Know, you're, 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 you're talking to me yeah. like I, I don't have no idea what you're talking about, dude. Like okay, I... Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. I don't keep DC. up with the lore of Thor <laughs> so, or anything, know. you know, but I, I, I think they it's cool. photos, though. You know, it I looked like cool. him with the comic panel. Yeah, the comic photo of it looked like, oh, yeah, they're really going, like, for it, which you can tell it's going to be, like, kind of comedic with Taika Waititi. But since we're talking about Marvel and we're talking about, you know, Thor, we could talk, talk about Secret Invasion. We got some huge casting reveals, and I know you got some more news on it, too. Yeah. Amelia Clark, huge in the Game of Thrones, huge actress, reveals her first comic book. And along with the comic book reveal, she's also casted in uh, Secret Invasion in an unknown role. But uh, to go back to the comic book, it's called Mom, Mother of Madness. It's kind of a Deadpool-esque miniseries follows, following a single mother uh, who discovers that she has superpowers and uses them to take on human traffickers. So she's just, you know, she was like the double reveal and she was like, oh, I got to get huge with this uh, comic book lore and stuff like that. But then we also have Olivia Coleman, who is Academy Award winner. She's going to be in Secret Invasion as well in Unknown Roles. So that show already has a stacked cast. But uh, I'm sure, I don't know, what are your thoughts or what else do you have on that? Like, Um... I, I do want to talk about Secret Invasion, but I, I you, you I thought you were gonna bring this up when you when you were gonna go, but uh, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe's in oh, Love and Thunder, bro. He, well, I, I thought you were gonna. We're already one. talking about it. We're, I'm we're talking mine out. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I I thought you I thought that's what you were gonna say, and then you switched oh, it to yeah. Secret Invasion. But he's gonna be playing Zeus. I, I, I know you saw it this week. Yeah. I know. I, I yeah. it, he was on a podcast and talked about it and. People are like, you weren't supposed to reveal that yet. And I'm just like, hey, man, he's doing care. whatever he yeah, wants. He, he, he doesn't <laughs> care. But, uh, yeah, I got a little bit here for Secret Invasion. Let me read you this. It says that apparently Amelia Clark's character is going to be kind of involved with the scrolls more in the story. So mm -hmm. I think she's going to be mm -hmm. either a scroll or maybe a leader or maybe another baddie that is using the scrolls to their mm -hmm. advantage. I'm not I'm not too sure, but it says here, meanwhile, Deadline reported that one night in Miami star Kingsley Benadir will play a leading villain in the show. And Variety said Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, like you said, has joined the cast. She said basically uh, somebody with superpowers would be really fun to play, but I'm not sure how many middle aged women they have in Marvel. <laughs> um, but she wants to be a superpowered baddie. She said, "I think that's kind yeah, of fun. Okay. I think this show is going to be really interesting when it comes out. I think it's going to be one of mm -hmm. those shows that is going to tie in a lot of stuff in the MCU, and it's probably going to be one of those shows that is remembered a lot. You know, that people yeah. really think about, like, mm -hmm. wow, this this was a culmination almost of all the stuff that's kind of been taking place. Absolutely. And um, I think it's exciting. I I I think it's very exciting for for Disney. Secret Wars is, or Secret Invasion is probably going to mm -hmm. be their biggest uh, one of their biggest hits yeah. in my opinion." And so I'm glad cool. they have a lot of more more prominent features, people that are in Hollywood, like 
now we have Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao, you know, and we're getting more Academy Award winners and we're getting very, I, I'd say, I don't want to say sophisticated, more like uh, well-known. Wait, where, well, so Chloe Zhao is in the, is, she, is she, she directing? No, so she's directing Eternals, the movie, but. Uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, trying, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to get at like, it's cool that finally Marvel, hopefully is going to get more recognition as in, in the Academy or within the world of people who are cinephiles, I guess, because we're getting Academy Award winning actors Absolutely. and actresses and, and crews behind these films. And I'm just, I'm for that. You know what I mean? Because these yeah. films, the crews, it's going to, it's going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's crazy because like some of these streaming companies are moving away from movies even, and they're jumping into mm -hmm. video games, which is oh really so bizarre. Netflix, Netflix is getting mm -hmm. into video games saying that the CEO teased and said, well, we kind of already did something similar to like Bandersnatch, mm -hmm. where it was kind of like a video game that you yeah, played. Yeah. Um, but they're saying that basically they're going to be licensing a lot of the properties to basically create video games. So they're not necessarily getting into the okay. video game market to create video games, but they're going to license out their yeah. IP. So like you might see a Stranger Things uh, RPG mm -hmm. game, or you might see, mm -hmm. like we said, the Altered There's Carbon, remember? Kind of like the Altered Carbon RPG that we're going to be getting later on that we talked about a couple yeah. weeks ago. So that's, that's what Netflix is kind of doing. Um, it was also reported that in 2021, they're going to be using over $17 billion to create content this year. So if you have an idea for a movie God. or TV show and pitch you know it. how to write, like, yeah, go pitch it to Netflix because Netflix is definitely looking for that stuff. And if it's anime, it'll most likely get written. Mm -hmm. You can do original content or you can do reboots and remakes, kind of like how Hilary Duff is doing with How I Met Your Mother. Oh my Hilary gosh. Duff is now coming with How I Met Your Father. That's coming to Hulu. Right yes. in the future, the basic premise is Duff is telling her kids how she met their father, which then brings the viewers back in time to 2021. And so we had some kind of debacle with Hilary Duff because she wanted to do the Liz McGuire show on Disney Plus. And there were some right. complications there because the story wasn't as open or as mature as they wanted. Disney Plus, you know, had some restrictions. So she was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. Let me push it to Hulu. And then that kind of fell through. And so now she's like, okay, well, she still has a relationship with Hulu. And now she has... How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father. So right. good for her. At least she gets her time. But I thought that was kind of a little interesting for her. Yeah. And it's a straight to series um, from the creators, Isaac Abtaker and Elizabeth Berger. Um, it says right. here, the story starts in 2021, where Sophie and her close knit group of friends are in the midst of figuring out who they are, what they want out of life and how to fall in love in the age of dating apps and limitless options. So Duff will also produce the series, which will right. use multi and single camera approach to similar to its predecessor. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, who created How I Met Your Mother, will be the executive producers of the series, which produced by 20th Television. Um, I think this is interesting because I feel like Hilary Duff was like, I want to do Lizzie McGuire revival. And then it didn't <laughs> yeah. work out. And then they were like, how about you just do this instead? And it's <laughs> kind of like a Lizzie McGuire revival. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know you're going to play a similar character like a mom, time to shine. you know. So I think that that's kind of kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I do believe in the Lizzie McGuire. They were gonna have her be a mom too, oh. right? Or yeah, was she yeah. gonna be like an? I don't. I don't even remember because it's not gonna happen anyways. But yeah. this is cool. I'm glad she landed on a project. Um, mm -hmm. The 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 How I Met Your Father was actually. Um, I believe when How I Met Your Mother ended, uh, was it 20, 2012, I think, something like that. I um, so. I, that same year, the the creators of that show came out with a pilot, um, but it didn't get picked up. So it's interesting to see that like years yeah. later, like almost eight years, nine years later. They, you know, another group of people created a, a pilot and then it actually got picked up by Hulu. Um, yeah. Super cool. Really, really exciting mm -hmm. to see that. Um, I have some big news here, like huge. 
and it's about okay. one of my favorite franchises, but it's also about one of the many things I hate about <laughs> movies. Oh, because okay. I'm about to I'm about to get into it, and I, and I, and you're gonna okay. know this because we've talked about it before. Everybody wants to be a fucking multiverse franchise. <laughs> Everybody's like, give yeah, me multiverse, yeah. give me okay. lots of universes where yeah. I have so many different characters. And now the Already latest, here? the latest Sherlock Holmes three. Why? Why? One no, of my favorite franchises, yeah. Sherlock Holmes by Robert Downey Jr. Apparently, the movie is in the back burner right now because they haven't figured out what is going to happen with that franchise. They're like, the directors are saying, well, we're just going to put it in the back burner now until we figure out where the story is going to go or what's going to happen in the world with oh, these characters. No. <laughs> but then we have Robert Downey Jr. coming out and saying he expressed a desire to not only continue the Sherlock Holmes series, but also his his plans to take a page out of the Marvel playbook and build a shared universe. What? He said at this point, <laughs> I know it's crazy. He says at this point, we really feel that there is not a mystery verse built out anywhere. And Conan Doyle is the definitive voice in that arena. <laughs> I think to this day, he said of his hopes to build on the franchise. So to me... Why do Sherlock Holmes 3 if you're not going to be able to spin off into some real gems of diversity and other times and elements? And I'm going, dude, what? you don't have to do that. Just make Sherlock Holmes 3. Like, I'm not trying to see a whole mystery verse oh, play out here. Goodness. And he says, at the time, uh. Downey's Jr.'s wife, producer Susan Downey, went on mm -hmm. to explain their approach to the shared mystery verse and how the world of Sherlock Holmes is ripe for expansion. We think there's an opportunity to build it out more. She said, spin off characters from a third movie to see what's going on in the television landscape to see the, what? what Warner Media is starting to build out, things with HBO and HBO Max. And I'm just sitting going, I think it's absolutely crazy that Robert Downey Jr. and his wife are trying to build this out, dude. Like, uh -huh. I, I, I don't know where everybody's head is at, but the uh -huh. fact that everybody's thinking, oh, I got to go and expand a shared universe, make a multiverse <laughs> out of everything is just driving me up the wall. Because I'm like, make one standalone movie yeah. or just finish your trilogy or just finish whatever mm -hmm. it is and just keep it in that world. Like, I don't want Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes to suddenly be like, oh, I met this other character, and yeah. now that dude is also a detective who a spins out into his own th trilogy. I'm like, dude, I don't know. You can I see don't... it now. The hat the hat falls or whatever. Not, not that the hat's a significant thing, but the hat falls on the footsteps of somebody. They pick it up, and it's like uh, Olivia Coleman there. Like, I think I know what I'll do. <laughs> like some right. Like, or or, or even if they bring in a freaking young Sherlock Holmes, the oh, Millie Bobby Brown, my like, God. Oh, oh, my, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like, oh, they combine. just not, a, a not what I'm looking for. There's a multiverse with Marvel, a mystery verse now, and a monster verse. We have the monster verse right. too, which and the M, the DCEU. We, and have, the DCEU. we have a lot. Like, too much, oh, too much stuff. Too much. Uh, speaking of things that are complete, because. I'm just happy that this is finished. It is done oh. um, compared to what we just talked oh, yes. about where it's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. um, James Gunn has revealed that the Suicide Squad is finished. So now we're just waiting. We're mm -hmm. basically just playing the waiting game until August 6th. He says there's no need to edit. There's no need mm -hmm. to do any more VFX. The film is finished. It, it is done. And I'm just like, James Gunn, thank you for delivering on that. He's actually also saying that you know now that he's working on Peacemaker, um that he's halfway through that show and and he's open to doing more things for dc and i'm just uh -oh. like i'm james gunn down. james gunn won big when his tweets were exposed, exposed like he yeah. won huge he got fired then he got another movie and then he got that movie again and then he got a tv show for dc and then he got a holiday special with guardian oh, so i'm I just know. like dude you, you got, got four so you got four jobs because people went out and tried to cancel you wow. so james gunn kudos to you for using your last name as a weapon oh wow that's great that's that was good i like that
Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I got here. Andrew Lincoln is very excited to come back as Rick oh, Grimes. Yeah. We know that there's a movie in the works. But f oddly enough, he says that he walked away from doing The Walking Dead because he wanted to spend more time with his kids and his family. And then his kids literally told him, what are you doing here? We want to we want to go back to America because I guess they moved back to the, oh, okay, yeah. the UK. Mm -hmm. And he they're just like, we loved you as as Rick. Like, why yeah. would you give that, up? give that up? And it's just funny that his own kids are like urging him to go back. When he literally stopped doing it because yeah. he wanted to spend more time with his kids. Mm -hmm. And so he said he's excited to come back. Um, and is also open to maybe making a, a last-minute cameo in the season finale of The Walking Dead because that show oh. is wrapping up. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, lot of interesting news there if you're a Walking Dead fan. Yeah. Um, and just, just a fan of the repetitive at this point. But, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it is what it is. They're just trying to build their universe. And even them, they're, they're, all their shows that they have, the spinoffs on that, it's like it's getting ridiculous with that. I think that's a bad example of how it should be. But anyway, I won't get on to that. I think they've on. only had one spinoff, right? Uh, it was The Walking Dead and then Fear the Walking Dead. And then now and they have uh, the the Walking Dead world. It's a teenager. It's it's like a Walking Dead world. I just saw it the other day when the show, there's three of them going back to back. And I was like, what is this? They're kids. And it's so moody. It's so weird. It's It makes no sense in the world. Right. Know? Absolutely. No, I hear you, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I haven't even heard about that. So I'm just like... I, I know AMC Plus yeah. is trying to make a, a kind of a push, but I feel like AMC is kind of dead now. Like they, they don't have a lot of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. After after The Walking Dead, I don't see them having any more hit shows. Like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Walking Dead were really their their high yeah, with uh, Better Call Saul taking some of the Breaking yeah. Bad hype. Uh -huh. But like, I don't know. They haven't really had like too many shows. Like they had Turn, Washington Spies, but that show wasn't even that, like yeah. that good, mm -hmm. or in my opinion, anyways. But Moving away from AMC, I have here Martin Scorsese and Paul Schreider are working on a three-year series about origins of Christianity, which is, I think is kind of interesting. Ooh, it says here okay. it's based on the Apostles and on the Apocrypha. It's called the Apostles and the Apocrypha. I might have said that wrong. I don't know. Uh, because people sort of know the New Testament, but nobody knows the Apocrypha. Now, I don't know what the Apocrypha yeah, is. Yeah, I've never um, So I'm interested to see what they're talking about. And back in the first century, there was no New Testament, right? There's just these mm -hmm. stories. And some were true and some weren't. And some were forgeries. So I'm, I feel like the Apocrypha was probably like what held the An stories origin. before the Bible. Like before the Bible was officially called the Bible. You know what I mean? The Apocrypha um, of the New Testament? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I guess that's another word for the book and like what it called. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... It's interesting to see what they're going to do with that. Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader, best of luck to you. Hope you don't offend anybody. I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's sensitive stuff when you get into religion, but I'm sure they'll do it right. Are these You only have about two, two or three more, right, for your, your big stuff, yeah, right? I, okay. I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, we're wrapping up here. We're, we're getting close. We're, we're getting really close. Right. I'll deal with some, nice. of my, no, some of my light ones. I'll deal with some of them because they're, they're just light stuff that I can get through. Like we said, Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, the first draft, the script is complete. Uh, James Gunn nice. posted it on his Twitter. He finished that, so he's working on that one as well. Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi casts Pen15's Maya Erskine in a supporting role. The series is uh, due to start shooting this month, apparently. So I'm sure we'll be starting to get some leaks, maybe some photos. Uh, we'll be talking about that soon, hopefully. And then another one, Sub-Zero, the actor that played him in the new Mortal Kombat film, Joe Taslim. He says he's already signed on for four more Mortal Kombat films, if the first is a success. So Which already, I, I think it will be. Yeah, because uh, based on the last one, it kind of ended where they're kind of setting up more. So I feel like they can deal, 
they don't really care. They just want to set up another universe and they want to start it again, which I'm for. Right. You know, it was great. The Mortal Kombat universe has just started. Yeah. Ah! It's just, it's Make just it end. Started. Uh, I'm just kidding. But that one, that movie was is actually really great. We'll talk about that in one second because I got something to say about it. But let me let me finish up with these last major stories and then we'll get into some light news. Um, Apple must face a lawsuit for telling consumers they can buy movies and TV shows. So there's a lawsuit out right now that is saying that Apple is facing a, a putative class action over the, the way consumers can buy or rent movies, TV shows, and other content on iTunes. Um, saying that basically it says that you purchase the item, but Apple can pretty much terminate the access for people who have purchased these things um, and has done so on numerous occasions. So that isn't necessarily the definition of purchasing or buying something, because when you buy something, it means you get to have it forever, right? So for them yeah. to remove that and take it away from people uh, is kind of like going back on what they're saying. So then Apple came out and said the douchiest thing that they could ever say. It <laughs> says Apple contends that no reasonable consumer would believe that purchase content would remain on the iTunes platform indefinitely. And what? I'm just like... I'm like, what? come on, dude, get the fuck out of here. No reasonable consumer. Like, no, when I buy something, I'm you thinking I'm going to have it forever. That's yeah. why I took the time to buy it. I'm not yeah. sitting there going, well, if it disappears in five months, I don't care. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going to buy it then. Like, yeah. it just it just goes to show. And this was straight from the case. That, that quote was mm -hmm. straight from the lawyers. So their lawyer, wow. their legal team views you as a dummy and yeah. is using that, you know, that that view that mm -hmm. point of view as as getting what they want so hopefully they lose that lawsuit and we get to see what what really plays out there yeah um and mm -hmm. apple kind of sends us all some some money you know in the form of uh itunes cash or something yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah um and my last story here before i get into my light news is is the saw franchise ready for the small screen Lionsgate thinks so so a saw tv show is oh, in the works i think that's so much exciting stuff. i know that they have spyro in the work right now and obviously they already announced saw 10 so i think that saw 10 and this tv show are pretty much on hold until spyro mm. comes out because they're sure. trying to revive the franchise right and they yeah. might spin out from chris rock and samuel jackson but this is a big play this is going to be mm -hmm. a big play like bringing in these two heavyweight actors into this franchise was the last ditch effort like if this movie doesn't do well it's going to be a big loss and i think saw 10 and the tv show will probably get scrapped yeah. But I also see this movie doing really well because a lot of people like the franchise. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan personally. I like watching those movies. Um, and I'm interested to see where that franchise would go. You know, if people are saying here that if they do make a TV show that they hope that it focuses less on the gory murders and more about creating a very succinct storyline yeah, and, and yeah, characters cool. that, that kind of play out throughout the whole series. Because mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, the original Saw movies kind of were all about story and then yeah. you kind of had them kind of had to deal with their own shit in the past and the reason why jigsaw even chose them to go yeah. through the trial um you know it, it, it's interesting and i hope that they kind of go back to those roots but absolutely that that's it for my big news i i can jump on here to my kind of light news we okay. have a new wipeout show came out for tbs that's exciting wipeout i i, I don't uh, know if you're a fan i don't know if yeah. you're a fan of the big balls um but they are back we have john cena and nicole byer hosting which i think is a great combination of yeah. people uh, with Camille Kostek serving as a field host, Wipeout will feature twists and new elements that will push contestants' athleticism and determination to even greater extremes, all while delivering some wildly epic fails. Each game is three rounds, with each round featuring a jaw-dropping, multi-stage obstacle course with numerous strategy and decision points designed to further challenge the stamina and the competitors as they deliver hilarious and surprising Wipeouts. And of course, the iconic, the iconic staple of the show, the big balls, are returning <laughs> with a vengeance. I love oh that. I love that they put that in their synopsis. Vengeance, um, yeah, John. Cena and Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer, if you don't know, she does the show. Um, 
what's that show? Fuck, why am I blanking on oh. it? Um, on on Netflix, the the baking show, that is like um. Oh, I gotta Google it. I gotta look on it. I'm finding it. What is it? Uh, why am I blanking on the name? And she says it all the freaking Young and time hungry? too. No, 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 no. Nicole Byer. Why am I blanking on this? This Nicole Byer. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a, a baking show she does. Nailed it, man. Uh, it was on the tip of my freaking tongue, man. Okay. Nailed yeah, it. I've watched that. I've watched that show so many times. She's she's so funny. She's one of my favorite comedians in uh, on Brooklyn Nine Nine. She comes in on I think on the last season. She plays uh -huh. the the sister of Doug Judy, and she just kills that role. Oh. Um, but moving oh, on here, Mortal Kombat came out this week, and personally, I think this movie was so good, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I thought the gore was great. I thought the, the killing was great. The characters were great. Um, the introduction, sometimes it was a little cheesy when people mm -hmm. would say their names, and yeah. like, <laughs> I, think that, I think it was like interesting um, overall, because it was more of a setup movie instead of like bringing in all the characters from mm -hmm. the world. Um, but I, I, I want to say something that is going to be very spoilery, um, so just skip ahead 30 seconds. Um, Seriously, it's gonna—it's—it's it's a big spoiler. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the movie, we see a reveal for Johnny Cage. Yes. Johnny Cage isn't in this film, but we see like a, a pan over to Johnny Cage's name, and apparently, Mortal Kombat is looking for a major character to play Johnny Cage right now mm -hmm. in the franchise, and they're trying to get a big name actor to come play Johnny Cage to, I think, kind of yeah. spur up more hype for the yeah. next movies. But overall, what were your thoughts of Mortal Kombat when you first watched it? Just oh. quick. I thought it was great, seconds. you know, like it was, yeah, it was cheesy, of course, but I expect that because of the past or whatever. But I thought that, yeah, the saying the names was dumb, but they, they had a lot of stuff from the game that I think was necessary that I personally am a fan of. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you for doing that, for saying the fatalities and for saying all this stuff, you know, pretty spoilers. But right. it was great. Gore was awesome. I'm sure we'll get into a more in-depth review. But, yeah, I had a great, I had fun with it. That's all I could say. But um, absolutely, and, and we are going to be reviewing the the whole movie yeah. on our channel. So if you know, we're actually recording that today later on. Yeah. So it'll probably be out within the next couple of days. But I just got to say that you're absolutely right. Some of the characters, Kano. I think when Kano said Kano wins, I was yeah. like, oh, this movie is so sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. such a good character. But what were you gonna say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just, it was funny on the end when he was like, where are you going? And it was so cheesy because he was like going to Hollywood, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, right, right, right. The poster shows. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. That was it. No, no, I think yeah, that that's funny. so cool. Um, but moving on here, I got a couple more light news stories, and then we're going to wrap up with our recommendations. My second recommendation, because I already told you guys to watch that other show. Mm -hmm. But John Wick, the spinoff series, The Continental, will focus on a young Winston and will feature 90-minute episodes, which is exciting oh. if you like the John Wick franchise. Um, also, yeah. moving on here, Gina Carano has apparently been uncancelled. Has she? She was cancelled. Oh. Now she's been uncancelled. Right. You guys are thinking, well, I don't hear about her anymore. But when I say uncanceled and you'll you'll hear why, apparently the action figures for the Gina uh -huh. Carano figure that were for the Mandalorian have now mm -hmm. been brought back to Walmart. So they're trying to make sales <laughs> oh off God. of her toy. And I feel like they probably had already made all those toys and they were just like, man, we got to get rid of them. We can't just throw them away. Wow. Well, yeah. Be a huge waste of money. Uh -huh. So they're bringing them back. But on top of that, it has been announced that on May 10th at 9 p.m. We will see her. Um her running with running wild with bear grills episode that featured her <laughs> yeah. and and bear grills even tweeted on top of her tweet that announced it saying your running wild journey was an incredible one too it would have been so sad to not hear your powerful story of many struggles and many triumphs here we go so i think wow. that this might redeem her i think people might watch this and go well gina carano actually is a, a more three-dimensional person maybe we shouldn't have judged her but it's interesting because nat geo is owned by disney plus and so it's kind of like 
Yeah. Was she canceled? What's was she not canceled? I thought Disney didn't like her anymore, but now they're like, eh. So that's what I'm saying. They're saying that John Favreau might even call her back to Mandalorian, and oh, John Favreau God. has Come the on. power to do that. He yeah. has the power to do that because he's he's a heavyweight at Disney Plus right now. Is so, this a James kinda, Gunn type situation, or is it different? <laughs> what do you think? I, I, personally, I have no stake in the game. If yeah. they brought her back, that's cool. If they don't, yeah. I'm that's cool. Yeah. I just hope that Mandalorian Season 3 doesn't suck because yeah. of it. That's yeah. my only tripe with this whole situation mm -hmm. um last two stories here godzilla versus kong originally had a different ending now once again i'm spoiling the finale of this film hmm. so skip it's been ahead out for a long time, 30 though. seconds it's been out for a minute a little mm -hmm. bit if you don't uh, unfortunately if you don't have hbo uh yeah. max or you haven't had a chance to watch in theaters i understand that mm -hmm. but at the end of the film obviously we had a big fight right kong mm -hmm. godzilla uh mecha godzilla the ending is different right now, but originally it was supposed to just have Godzilla kind of that shot where Godzilla just kind of goes into the ocean where Kong is kind of chilling and watching him. That was supposed to be the ending of the film. Okay. And then that whole sequence with Kong and his in his island, kind of where you see him at the end, was supposed to kind of be like a end credit scene. Mm -hmm. But it also wasn't even like originally planned to even be in the film. But then when they talked about it, we're like, well, maybe we should show how Kong kind of like kind of what happens to Kong after the fight and like yeah. not just leave it open ended. And so they decided to change the ending, which obviously, if you watch the story, you'll see. Yeah. Um, it's uh, not much of a spoiler, but just kind of interesting that the director mm -hmm. came out and said that it was different. But now, before I end, before we end this whole mm -hmm. show and we well, get into our recommendation. I, I, I still have some. You still got stuff. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, then, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you go finish yourself off, okay, and then okay. I'll end this off yeah, with this major okay, story, okay. which I think is, is super um, interesting. Yeah, this is just lights that I wanted to get, like Ted Lasso. I know some people like that. Ted Lasso season two is coming July twenty third. Apple TV Plus, nice. so it's kind of just bummer. Finn and Jake are coming back from together again in the trailer for the next Adventure Time: Distant Lands, which is a special streaming May twentieth on HBO Max. So I know a lot of fans of that cartoon as well, and that's coming back. Hawkeye has wrapped production. Jeremy Renner confirmed that on his social media. And there's a Jim Henson biopic titled Muppet Man. That's currently in development for Disney. I'm sure that'll be a Disney Plus special. Wow. Uh, that's, yeah. so, and then, that's so cool. And then that's I about it. I think that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that biopic, Muppet Man, sounds super interesting. Jim Henson is one of my all-time favorite like mm -hmm. creators. Like just he he did so yeah. much. Mm -hmm. He did so much for people's childhoods and yeah. just like created the Muppets and uh, it's fucking mm -hmm. awesome. Um, I want to end off here with a bit of speculation, a little bit of a rumor, and a little bit of a theory. So oh, yes. we were talking about Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And obviously, a lot of people were thinking, oh, maybe these these villains who are going to the raft are going to become the Thunderbolts, you know, yeah. the Thunderbolt mm -hmm. Ross. But now, obviously, if you've watched the ending, that wasn't the case. And now they're saying that there's that Marvel is reportedly setting up the Thunderbolts. So that is going to happen yeah. versus the Dark Avengers. Now, this project has been discussed in the background behind the scenes, but nothing has quite come out of it yet. So it seems like they're kind of planning something and trying to find the perfect storyline that kind of fits where they yeah. where they want to take in the, the show or movie. So it says here, for those unfamiliar, the Dark Avengers are supervillains masquerading as heroes, while the Thunderbolts are often depicted as reformed bad guys looking to make amends for their past indiscretions, kind of like a Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, so there would be an interesting dynamic at play in any p potential film or TV show to feature them. It would be painted in multiple shades of gray, that's for sure. But for now, we'll need to watch out for Phase 4 as it continues to unfold and see if pieces yeah. fall into place. So kind of a fun little theory there that people were talking about, Thunderbolts versus Dark Avengers. Mm -hmm. I think it would be really cool to see. Yeah. The, um change of pace what's his new name people. US I, agent I would love to see US Zemo. agent yeah yeah US All agent 
you know, get maybe a, a Spider-Man. Just grab one of the Spider-Man. We got three of yeah. them now. Just put them in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. it looks like this is more. This is more about bad guys. So it, you know, I might, I shouldn't even mention the good guys because it looks like this shows this show or movie would just be about villains and mm -hmm. then some villains who were reformed, like Zemo. Maybe Zemo yeah. is the head of the Thunderbolts, which would kind of be an interesting kind of arc for him, I think, um, going from yeah. bad guy to good guy. Because Zemo isn't like Zemo's more upset that they killed his family. That's yeah. that's where his whole storyline yeah. comes from. He's just mad. So mm -hmm. it's not like, yeah, maybe he was inside. He was hurt by that, which caused him to come out and become evil. But was he evil if his family didn't die? That's the question you need to yeah, ask true. yourself when yeah. observing Zemo. But I don't, I don't, I, I just want to say before I get into <laughs> the recommendation, this has been such a fun episode, just speculating and talking about all yeah, these projects. Yeah. There was a lot of really deep stories here. Personally, my favorite was Killers of the Flower Moon and going into oh, that yeah. synopsis. Okay. Felt like I learned so much from that. But also just this Thunderbolts versus Dark Avengers theory and mm -hmm. hearing about The Rock doing Snyderverse, um, Gina Carano, The Wipeout Show, James Gunn, Masters of None Season 3, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes, The Mysteryverse. Just so much mm -hmm. news this week. And of course, the Academy Awards. If you didn't get a chance to watch them, don't bother. Watch the seven-minute highlights on YouTube because it's probably way <laughs> yeah. more interesting. Anyways, that's it for us this week. Ryder, get into the recommendations. Well, starting off... This is a sad one, and it's a sweet one. I think you guys should check out on Netflix about time. This is with Dominic okay. Gleeson, and it's a film kind of about time travel, and it's about the son and the father. It's kind of a, a relationship film, and it's a love story. Rachel McAdams is in it, the classic love story actress. Yeah. It's a great film, and I highly recommend it because if you like time travel, you know me. Time travel and me is just, oh, that's, that's what I can get off to, but that's it. <laughs> what about yourself? Mine is actually a show. I, I don't know if I've recommended it to you guys yet, or maybe I have, mm -hmm. maybe I haven't. I don't remember. But Mythic Quest on Apple TV oh, Plus yeah. is mm -hmm. absolutely one of the best shows I've ever watched. Like, I love, I love uh, like workplace comedies, but workplace uh -huh. comedies that are set <laughs> in a reality where it doesn't feel like a comedy. It feels like these people are just talking and they yeah. just happen to be funny people who just speak to each other. Those are my favorite type, like Superstore. Silicon I would say. Valley, uh, right? Silicon Valley, you know, shows like that that really kind of more fit that narrative. But Mythic Quest is about a video game developing company that kind of like is working on this this, this game called Mythic Quest. And you kind of see the hijinks. You have one of the characters from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in that show. And honestly, he is hilarious. Such a great yeah. actor. Like completely different. Dennis, completely different. Is it Dennis yeah. or is it the no, other guy? Yeah, I think it's Rob. Well, his name is Rob in real life, but it's Mac. I think his name is Mac. Mac. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Mac. It's and Mac from It's Always Sunny. Even the guy that sunny. played Cricket. Even the guy that played Cricket, I think. But he was more of a smaller character. He's in it too. And he's he's like a friend of the guy in real life. They're friends in real life. And so that's kind of cool. Absolutely. I, I think it's one of the funniest shows to come out in the last couple of years. My friend, when he was uh staying with me and visiting, he was like, yo, dude, check out mm -hmm. Mythic Quest. And I was like, all right. So I gave it, you know, the first episode. And next thing you know, I'm hooked. I watched the whole show. Um, season two's dropping soon. I think in May. Um... I, I believe so here. Uh, season two of Mythic Quest. It was announced. I think we talked about it. It was yeah, announced we... a couple of days ago. I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, May 7th. So we're going to get two oh, episodes shoot. dropping okay. on May 7th. That's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Super excited to see what, what you know, how that show kind of takes a turn. Because the first one was all about this big, it was called Raven's Claw. And it was about uh -huh. this big, like, update to the game. So I'm interested to see where, um, where the next kind of phase goes. Um, mm -hmm. But that's it. That was it. That, you know, go check yeah. that show out uh, yeah. if you haven't. But that's the whole episode. That was yeah. it. I, how did you guys enjoy it? Did you like it? Did you enjoy the news? <laughs> we had 
news <laughs> and speculation, but sadly, more companies are making multiverses. And if that never ends, then we'll never stop talking about these shows. So that's what you can hope for us. <laughs> exactly. But, it feels like it feels like instead of letting an IP die or just be a standalone film, it, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we need to make it into a big franchise or a big multiverse in order to like have that continue to, you know, yeah. revenue and make more money for yeah. us. And it's just kind of sad because I don't think that everything needs that. I've, I've said it many times and it's just kind of like a bummer that even Robert Downey Jr. and his wife are like, oh, we can make our own. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. so successful at Marvel. Let's make our own and, and be know, the guys right? created and make all the money. Yeah. So I get it. But I would much, much more be happy with just a standalone Sherlock Holmes 3 that doesn't connect to anything else except the other mm-hmm. two movies. You know, Absolutely. But, yep, agreed. but anyways, that's it. I had a ton of fun. <laughs> I hope you had a ton of fun to I all did. our audio I listeners. Did. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, you know, all of them. Radio.com, wherever wherever you listen. Amazon, whatever it may be. We just hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys next week. This was an action-packed one, and it was the biggest one yet, like I told you guys. Hmm. Hope you enjoyed it. Ryder, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next one. (laughs) Bye, everybody.